Hi, everyone. Welcome to Stats with Crayons, a podcast where we talk about statistics, oral health, and everything in between. My name is Alonso Carrasco Labra from the Center for Integrated Global Oral Health at Penn Dental Medicine. Our guest today is Elizabeth Sweeney, and we will be discussing issues related to statistical significance. Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you very much for joining us today. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, um, my name is Elizabeth. I am a new assistant professor in the Division of Biostatistics here at UPenn. Uh, before I was here, I was an assistant professor at Wall Cornell Medicine in New York. I work a lot on image analysis, so I analyze MRI images, and I do a lot of collaboration with radiologists and neurologists. Thank you, Elizabeth. We're very excited to having you here today. So as I mentioned, today we're going to talk about the concept of statistical significance. If you haven't seen our video on this topic, I recommend you check it out. You can find a link in the show description. You have told me before, Elizabeth, that this is probably one of the typical aspects on your day-to-day -day activities. A researcher needs to test for significance and see whether they receive the good news or the bad news uh, that their data shows that these differences are significant from a statistical point of view. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think I work really closely with a lot of radiologists and neurologists. A lot of times we will work together to form a hypothesis, set up a study design, and then the moment of truth comes where they've collected the data. I go and I analyze the data for them. I do a statistical test and I test for statistical significance. And the key there is there's this alpha level of 0.05. So if you get a p-value that's less than 0.05, we consider that statistically significant. That would be the good news that I, I could deliver. Uh, but sometimes the news isn't as good and we don't attain that threshold for our p-value. So yeah, this is a, a very common discussion that I'm having working with people. So what are the typical misconceptions that you have encountered while working with people on, around this concept? Yeah, I think it's this very strict threshold of alpha is equal to 0.05, and that something that you know is lower than that threshold is meaningful and like statistically significant. We, we've done everything. One thing that I'd like to kind of bring out about statistical significance is that it depends on sample size. So if you have a really, really big sample, a lot of things that you're going to test for will be statistically significant. But the magnitude of the differences is what's important. So you could think if you had heights from two populations and you say, okay, I'm gonna test if those heights are different. You get a statistically significant result. So you say, okay, p-value less than 0.05, good to go. But if you look at the magnitude of the difference in the average heights in those two groups, it might be less than an inch different. And does that really mean anything? And what, what do you want to do with that? And I, I think that's even more important when you're thinking about evaluating medications and those types of things or saying differences between two groups and, and those kind of things. So what I advocate for is look at statistical significance, but also the effect size that goes along with that. And if that's just meaningful in itself. 
So in alignment with, with your comment, we have also seen in the literature that sometimes people talk about results that are almost statistically significant mm -hmm. or that there is a gradient of statistical significance. They are approaching statistical significance. Can, can you tell us a little bit about what happened with those statements? Yeah, I have actually hit this point many times with people. So sometimes you'll get a p-value of 0 0.0501. So it, it's not statistically significant, but it's pretty close. Um, People want to say, can we write about this still? Can we say it's approaching statistical significance? You know, I, I have some beliefs about this. Like the p-value cut off the alpha level of 0.05 was developed by Fisher, a statistician from long ago. And it, it's just kind of an ad hoc value that was made up. And to use that as a line in the sand, it's, um, it's, it's difficult. And I sympathize with people who want, you know, you get something very close to that line. Why is it if you cross it, you know, you get a paper, you can publish this result. And if you don't cross it, you can't. Uh, I think some journals have moved away from p-values and use confidence intervals. They're equivalent, but you can actually see the magnitude of the effect and the uncertainty around it, and it may be a little more clear. So as you were describing statistical significant result observation uh, with a significant p-value could be the good news that many researchers would like to receive. But we know that there are situations where, in one way or another, methods and analysis can be done in such a way that we increase the chance of finding significant p-values, although that may not be the appropriate way to analyze the data. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about those type of situations? I think what you're alluding to is the multiple testing problem. So this is a, a really interesting problem. We've fixed our alpha level at 0.05, so we're allowing for a type 1 error of 0.05. So that's rejecting the null hypothesis when the null hypothesis is true. So if you simulated data with maybe 20 characteristics in a population, you would find maybe that one of those, just by chance, was a statistically significant difference if you tested all 20 of those. And where this comes into research is a lot of times people will start with a primary hypothesis and you know, I have to give the bad news that the p-value is greater than 0.05. And then very naturally we'll say, oh, but what if we test this instead? Or what if we test in this subpopulation? Like we want to get something out of this data that was very hard to collect. But the more things we test, the more likely we are to get a false positive. So there's statistical methods to adjust for that, to um, correct our inference for how many hypotheses that we tested, and it's critically important to do those. And I think we don't always think about that. We want to find something, want to find something. You know, we're scientists, naturally want to come up with something. Yeah, you have to be very careful about how many tests you do and adjusting for those. For more bite-sized conversations about statistics and healthcare, check out our other episodes on Apple Music and Spotify. Companion videos to our podcast can be found on our website or on our YouTube channel. Link to these can be found in the episode description. Find us on social media. We would love to hear from you. See you next time at Stats with Crayons.